0: Italian Wine Podcast Chin Chin with Italian Wine People
1: Hello this is the Italian Wine Podcast my name is Montevoli. my guest today is Liu Bambufetti Liu's family winery is called Schiaccia Diavoli and it's in the Montefalco region of Umbria. Welcome, Liu. Thank you. First of all, I've got to ask you about your name. not doesn't sound very Italian.
0: Yes, my name Liu came from a a lyric opera from Turandot, made by Puccini. So, actually, it's a Chinese-Italianized name.
1: Okay, why did your father and mum choose Liu?
0: The story is not because he loved opera, but because when he was four years old in Montefalco, there was a young lady that was called Liu, and he remembers... This lady, like uh, his first uh, love, when he was a child. So I'm the first daughter, and that's why I'm called uh, Leo, the first love.
1: Okay, now the second.
0: Sentimental father. Okay, the
1: second, <laughs> second question. Scaccia diavoli. Oh, sorry, scaccia diavoli. I have to do the introduction again. Okay. Yeah. Scaccia <laughs> diavoli. What does that mean?
0: So scaccia diavoli is scaccia is a verb that means chase away the de- uh, chase away diavoli means devils. So Sch- Caccia diavoli is a name of an exorcist that lived near the estate long, long time ago. Because the estate is very old, it's from 1884, and uh, in that area there was this famous exorcist that used wine to save people possessed by the devil. That's why the name uh, of the winery.
1: How was he paid? If I, you know, if I met this guy and I said, "Hey, listen, I think I've got a devil in my house. Can you exorcise it?" How would I have paid him? Would it have been with wine or with food or money
0: or? I think he did uh, like uh, he was a priest. So for him, I think it was very important to have uh, people not possessed by the devil around him. So I I don't probably with uh, agriculture, food, uh, some uh, salami or prosciutto will be very good. I think.
1: Was he quite a large priest? Was he quite <laughs> a big guy or not?
0: Uh, I don't know because it's something that we can read in documents very old and actually all this area now is called uh, where the winery is the village close to the winery is called Scaccia Diavoli so it's something that uh, really dates long long time ago I imagine this priest is very large yeah I think he was
1: <laughs> I think he was quite he sounds like he was a clever guy he kind of <laughs> invented this devil story so that he got a lot of free wine and free food yeah, yeah. not that I'm being skeptical about religion anyway ok so the winery was dates from 1884 when did your father take over
0: actually my great grandfather took over in 1954, after the war, because he was a merchant of food, so he had enough money at 70 when he was 70 years old to buy the winery. Of course, after the war, the winery was quite cheap, so he could afford to buy it.
1: Okay. Was he from the region?
0: He was from Montefalco, so all my family is from Montefalco.
1: So at that time in Montefalco, were there many vineyards or not?
0: Yeah, the agriculture was different. There was a lot of farmers, not too many wineries, like uh, the concept of winery that we have now. But uh, let's say that uh, everybody produced wine for the house, for uh, selling to the neighbours and uh, some clients uh, around.
1: How did Montefalco suddenly become a boom region? What changed and when? When did it transform from being a local wine that was drunk between the villages and traded locally to an international? I,
0: I think even if the story of Sagrantino is very long, but the boom is more recent since the 70s, when some producers, one was Caprai, but also other producers tried to make Sagrantino just with Sagrantino grape in the dry way. So they had a wine very different that they could promote and explain in a different way, and from that uh, Sagrantino started to become more and more uh, known since the 90s when he had uh, a big uh, boom it's from the 90s that is uh, recognized uh, at the international level
1: how would you describe your start of Sagrantino modernist traditionalist <laughs> somewhere in the middle
0: I think we are some, some in the middle because first of all uh, we don't want to change the personality of Sagrantino so we are not uh, processing Sagrantino in a very very soft way even if uh, I don't think very very soft is a good word for Sagrantino but so we try to keep the tannin and the structure of Sagrantino because we think his, his personality in the same time we age a minimum of 5 yards we put in the market minimum after 5 years because we need a development of Sagrantino we use oak small and big for 2 yards at least and uh, one year at least in the bottle and we are sure uh, that when we sell Sagrantino it start to be softer but of course with the characteristic of Sagrantino
1: Okay, so whereabouts is the vineyard in uh, the Sagrantino area?
0: We have a vineyard a part is older a part is uh, more recent
1: So you have vineyards in two places? No,
0: no, no it's all in the same area but uh, we planted more in the 90s so we have some vineyard before the 90s and some vineyard after the 90s. So the oldest vineyards are made with Palmetta Umbra, which is a particular shape made by two levels of guio. This kind of vineyard produces around 20-25 grapes per plant.
1: 25 bunches.
0: bunches. So actually it's quite productive but because it's an old vineyard and the grapes are not very, very... Impact. So we can uh, have a very, very good uh, grape from uh, that part. The rest, the more recent part, uh, is Cordone Speronato. Spurred so, co- cordon. Every plant is uh, less productive. Uh, we have mass selection because the clonal selection here arrived very late.
1: So is there a big difference between the mass selection so from older vines in, in terms of the size of the grapes or how they taste compared to the new clonal selections?
0: Yes, we find a difference. So yes. what, what
1: are the differences?
0: It's less standardized. So we have some plants very productive, some plants a little bit bit less you know they have
1: more genetic diversity
0: yes there is more diversity is there
1: a difference in ripening though is it quite hard with these older vineyards you say with with the mass selection where you maybe have two vines together and one is ripe and one isn't quite so ripe. Do you selectively pick?
0: Yes, because we do with Sagrantino, we do five wines, two sparklings made with Sagrantino grape, one white, one rosé. We do Sagrantino dry, Sagrantino passito, so the sweet Sagrantino and we do Montefalco Rosso, which has a part of Sagrantino. So because of that we can pick the grape in different moments according with the wine we have to do. So this is interesting because we can pass three times usually or select some vineyard more adapted for the wine we want to do so you say you can
1: go to the same vineyard three times and say the first picking would be for sparkling
0: yes the second for passito and the third for sagrantino dry
1: so the second one for passito yes so you pick them and then you dry the grapes yes
0: so the sparkling we pick around August end of August for uh, sweet sagrantino we pick uh, mid-September and for uh, sagrantino Dry. We pick end of October in a regular vintage 2017. We finished the harvest the 9 of October because it was very in advance. Everything.
1: Tell me about how you make the sparkling Sagrantino. So you're basically making a white sparkling wine from a very tannic red grape. How does yeah. that work?
0: <laughs> so the, the white sparkling is made with Sagrantino 85% and Chardonnay 15%. We age seven years, so it's an interesting uh, product because we can really recognize the Sagrantino, of course not from the color, we pick the grape very early, when the grape change color from green to red so it's not really mature the acidity is very high and we pick the grape by hand, of course, we put in the press and we press very very quickly and very softly, so we extract just the clear juice we blend with chardonnay we ferment and then usually in uh, spring uh, we add uh, sugar and the yeast uh, we bottle and Two. we keep in the bottle seven years before to disgorge. so
1: seven years on, seven uh, years. on the yeast
0: on yeast yes it's interesting because you can see that it's totally different from any other sparkling
1: what makes it different?
0: first uh, the taste you know uh, it's a special taste uh, the structure is unbelievable the alcohol usually is around uh, 13 so it's more structured. For, for sure, it's for uh, food, uh, for gastronomy.
1: So what would be a good dish with your sparkling Sagrantino?
0: We like uh, we uh, cheeses are very good with our uh, sparkling. Of course, my family imports bacala since generation.
1: Really? Yes. Yeah. So to go another business? Uh,
0: yes. The other business is the import of uh, bacala from. Uh, Iceland and Norway.
1: So that's salt cod.
0: Yes, salt cod or dried cod that is called stocca fisso. So with bacalá is great, of course. Did yeah. you
1: develop the sparkling wine because of your fish business?
0: Also was that really? <laughs> no, actually the bet was that my father think that after the Prosecco people will drink local sparkling it didn't happen yet but we think that uh, it will happen in the future
1: do you have like a bar in your do you have a, when tourists come to your winery is there anywhere where they can drink the sparkling wine or do they just buy it and, and take it and drink it at home
0: no 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 we make a tasting of all our wines so it's possible to taste in our winery and can I they apologize.
1: try the salt cod with it as well
0: yes yes we propose very often yes <laughs> here in we still eat very often.
1: So let's go on to, that was the sparkling. Do you make a sparkling rosé as well?
0: Yes, the sparkling rosé is made with Sagrantino 100%. So
1: how do you do that given that Sagrantino has got a lot of colour? How do you make a sparkling wine from Sagrantino that it that doesn't have too much of a pink colour?
0: Yeah, the difference between the white and the rosé is that the rosé is macerated six hours in the press. In the six hours we extract uh, this uh, light uh, pink colour because how I was telling before before the grape are not mature so there is not so much exchange between the skin and the mast.
1: So that's the Spumante Brut Rosé. Do you know, the, do you call it Rosé not Rosato?
0: Yeah Rosé. Oh
1: okay a little bit of Frenchification there interesting. <laughs> I
0: studied in Bordeaux so. Did you? Uh, yeah. Really
1: what well, winemaking? <laughs> yes. When were you doing that then?
0: 2006. So you got a degree
1: in in winemaking and a degree in stockfish and salt No, blood. no, no,
0: stockfish. No. <laughs> my my brother and sister did so it. So what
1: did you learn in Bordeaux that would help you? Obviously, we think of Bordeaux. The classic Bordeaux is, is a wine that can age a long time. It can be quite tannic when it's young. And when we think of Sagrantino, we can think the similar a similar thing. What did you learn from Bordeaux that's helped you and your family with the Sagrantino reds in Umbria?
0: In Bordeaux, I, I you know for sure is a different wine region. Sagrantino is another world. Comparing with uh, Merlot or Cabernet from uh, Bordeaux, but uh, I learned how to do a lot of experiment because I was working uh, in a winery of uh, owned by Denis Dubourdieu, which was a professor at the university, and uh, so he was very very involved in experiments and uh, you know trying a new new approach. So really loved to be there because he really teach me a lot.
1: So he, one of his specialities was skin contact skin. Contact. Contact whites to extract aromas.
0: Yeah, he was uh, actually was very very specialist on uh, the white Bordeaux and the Sauternes. They have Chateau Durasiden, which is a Cru Classé, Chateau Reynon, Clos Floridan, Chateau Radonc. Uh, so he was experimenting a lot in the in the white reduction way more than oxidated way.
1: So protecting the, the, the juice or the yeah. wine from any kind of oxidation, to yeah, for the aroma expression. So does that influence you at all in your white wines?
0: Yes, yes. Our white wines are made with uh, mainly Grechetto or uh, with one which is Grechetto 100%. So this is a fresh, fruity white wine just uh, age four months in stainless steel. So
1: so, do you do skin contact with that as well?
0: No, with this, no.
1: So that's just press, picked, yes, press, yes. pressed, picked, pressed? Yes, it? Do you make several pickings for the Grechetto like a slightly earlier one, a middle one and a later one or not?
0: No, for Grechetto the process is easier. Then we do Montefalco Bianco, which is another DOC. In this case, we use 50% of Trebbiano Spolettino, which is a local variety. Very, very special. Even if it's called Trebbiano, it's not a Trebbiano family. And we have also Grechetto and Chardonnay on this wine.
1: So what, in terms of that wine, you know, everybody pretty much knows what Chardonnay tastes like, you know, melon, yellow fruit, that kind of thing. What would the Trebbiano Spolettino bring and what would the Grechetto bring to that? A particular white wine.
0: So Trebbiano Spoletino, the aromas are very complex. Someone say that it's the Riesling of Umbria because the aromas are uh, not really fruity but uh, more uh, herbal, you know. Are there, are
1: there any chemical compounds in that? Because as a scientist, come on, well, give us the chemical compounds in the Trebbiano Spoletino. What is the scientific name for the flavors?
0: Uh, in Trebbiano Spoletino, actually, we, the DOC changed in 2016, uh, and uh, before the D.O.C. of Montefalco Bianco, so in 2015, was uh, Grechetto 50%, Trebbiano Toscano 30%, Chardonnay 20%. So, till 15, we did use Trebbiano Spoletino. It's the, ju- just the last wine, the 2016, that has Trebbiano Spoletino 50%.
1: Was that to try and create a wine with a bit more personality?
0: Yes, the idea of consortium was to have wines with more uh, personalities, more local. So it's a kind of a new discovery of, of a. Old grape that was almost forbidden. So we have, I think, we have to do a lot of way on this grape. We are just at the beginning to study more this grape to know more information about this grape.
1: Is the Spolitano easy to grow?
0: Yeah, it was grow forever in the in the valley because Montefalco. You know, is we can see from Montefalco the South Umbrian valley. This valley was a old Lake. So the origin of this area is a lake that was dried, dried, and uh, well,
1: so dried up. It was, a, it was a former lake bed.
0: Yeah. So actually, all around here, actually, is clay soil with a little bit of sand from the lake. Very, very small amount of uh, limestone because the origin was not the sea but the lake. So Trebbiano Spoletino was grown mainly on the flat. The vines were. Very big, and the old style was marriage vineyard, means the Trebbiano Spoletino attached with a tree. Usually, I don't know the name in English, Olmo or Acero.
1: So, basically, the vines were growing up trees.
0: Yes, so this is uh, the old style. It's not very difficult, but the characteristic of Trebbiano Spoletino is that ripe after Sagrantino,
1: even later ripening than yes. Sagrantino. So, November. Sagranti. So, that's yeah. almost impossible it? Because Sagrantino yeah. <laughs> is probably the latest ripening grape in red wine grape in Italy anyway.
0: Yeah. So, so I, is
1: it quite disease resistant then the Spoletino?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It is uh, disease resistant. Sagrantino is very sensitive to mildio peronospora.
1: So downy mildew. And uh, the Spolettino?
0: Spoletino is quite resistant, you know, but he had uh, like a strong taste, big acidity, you know, it was not a fruity wine. So you said so, it was
1: herbal. I mean, when you say herbal, is it like peppery? Is it, uh, spicy yeah
0: it's spicy it's like Mediterranean herbs herbs I think we have a lot of uh, future for this wine for this grape but we need to uh, have more uh, studies and information because it's something that we re- rediscovered really re- recently.
1: So yeah. let's go off to um, the red wines, the Sagrantino. So you make obviously several wines. You make a Multifalco Rosso. Yeah, this is s- our
0: biggest production. Yeah. So
1: tell me about the um, Rosso. That doesn't have to be 100% Sagrantino, does it?
0: No, no, absolutely. It is obligatory to have mainly Sangiovese grape uh, from. From 60 to 70 and uh, till 2015 uh, we had the we changed the disciplinary also of Montefalco Rosso in 16 like for Montefalco Bianco so before the 16 we should have from 60 to 70 of uh, Sangiovese from 10 to 15 of uh, uh, Sagrantino the rest was free and we we had 60 uh, percent Sangiovese 25 Merlot 15 Sagrantino this Kind of wine, I think, is very very drinkable. It's very easy to combine with food. So we actually produce a lot of Montefalco Rosso because our public love it.
1: Good cash flow.
0: Yes, exactly. And uh, now in sixteen, the Consorzio changed the disciplinary, so we can have till eighty of Sangiovese and till 25 of Sagrantino. So the concept is the same with Montefalco Bianco. Push more the local variety.
1: So so basically getting rid of the French varieties.
0: Slowly, yes.
1: How do you feel about that, having given the fact that you studied in Bordeaux? Do you think that's a good idea?
0: Yeah, for sure. uh, I spent very, very beautiful years over there because uh, in Bordeaux, I was surprised that uh, on five people, three works in the wine business. So you know, for me it was a very big uh, f- full immersion on, on the wine business. Here in Montefalco, we are in the middle of Umbria, so you know it's not exactly the same uh, life. But uh, I'm happy because in the last uh, years Montefalco is really becoming uh, lively and uh, with a lot of uh, people arriving uh, asking for Sagrantino. So is the challenge is exactly that make it this wine region very modern about. Uh, you know, culture and. Uh, so we always wine. think of
1: Sagrantino as quite a, a very tannic, tough wine. And globally, the trend has been to make, um, well, certainly when you were probably in Bordeaux, using a lot of Merlot, softening the wines up with oat, oh, warm extended maceration to make these big wines that would get 100 points in the Wine Spectator. So it's interesting that you're in Sagrantino, Sagrantino Sagrantini Multifalco, which is a very tannic red, and you're, you're getting rid of the Merlot that could make that wine softer, and you're saying, no, we're actually going to focus. More on our Sagrantino. How do you make it softer tasting in the winery? What are you doing in the vineyard and the winery to make mm-hmm. Sagrantino softer?
0: Yeah, first of all, the maturation of the grape is very, very important. So we try to keep the grape in the vineyard as much as possible even if sometime it's is going far in the autumn but it's important to have the tannin that are sweet so do maturing. you
1: analyze the grapes to see the extractability of tannin is that what you're looking for to pick yes. when it's easier to extract so how do you do that and what are you looking for
0: yes when the tannin are really soft we can bring in the winery you can harvest we can harvest and uh... but
1: how do you check that though are you just going out eating grapes
0: yes yes We just eat, try the tannin, you know, personally. And uh, sometimes, of course, we lose some uh, aromas. The alcohol is quite high, of course, but this is very important parameter. Then, uh, depends from uh, the quality of tannin, we decide how long the maceration have to be. In 15, we did 60 days of maceration. So
1: 60 days on skins.
0: Yeah. This year, we did uh, 22.
1: 2017. Yeah. because
0: the tannin were very, very big and hard because a very dry and sunny summer. Perfectly uh, health, but uh, with tannin, uh, yes, quite uh, rough. So um, we need to adapt the extraction of tannin. This is really very important. So how
1: long was it on skins in
0: 2017?
1: 22 days. Right, that's very short, isn't it? Yeah,
0: yeah. the average is 30 days. What, for were, the like? what
1: were the pips like in 2017?
0: No, they came mature, they became brownies but uh, you can see really the taste. And also the skin were tannic. But they thick? Yeah, in the 17. So just not the seeds, but also the skin. Then we ferment in oak. So it's fermented in 100 hectoliter uh, oak. Wooden, wooden vats. Wooden vats.
1: So all of your sacramentine is fermented all. in wood? Yes,
0: all. Are so you the
1: only winery that does that?
0: I don't know, but uh, for sure we, uh, we saw that uh, aromas of fruit, reduce a little with that but in the same time the wine is much more uh, soft since the first day because it's better to reduce the tannin or make the tannin rounder at the beginning than at the end.
1: So you're saying making the tannin rounder by fermenting the way that you do rather than trying to use small oak barrels to soften the tannins yes. to polymerize we, them. Yes,
0: we experimented that. It's easier to make a soft wine if we start at the beginning than if we pretend to do it at the end.
1: So that's kind of almost like a traditional Bordeaux. In the old days, the Bordeaux is a classic, and some of them still do have big wooden vats for fermentation, and then they age, just refine the wine in smaller barrels. Is that is that where that idea came from, your Bordeaux influence? <laughs>
0: No, you know I think uh, for sure I saw a lot of uh, wooden uh, vats in Bordeaux <laughs> and I uh, was in love with that but uh, I think be- it's also because we experimented personally this way
1: do you consult to any wineries locally or do you keep all of your no. secrets <laughs> to, to, to your family
0: no 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 no, no, no. have I you been asked just, just for my family How
1: have people asked you to, to consult
0: no no because uh, you know we here the one region is very small actually never thought about you know you are the first to tell me something like that (laughs) you know i didn't uh, think about because i was focused on our family business so
1: very diplomatic answer (laughs) <laughs> but people must have seen the results that you get in, in. They must know that you've worked in Bordeaux. They must know that you're doing things a little bit differently to how things maybe would... I mean, I, I haven't heard of many producers fermenting in big wooden vats in this region. Are you the only mm. one?
0: Uh, really, uh, I'm not sure because... they are a diplomat. No, really, I am not sure. For sure, uh, people is experimenting, I know that people is experimenting uh, different vats like uh, uh, ceramic, uh, cement, uh, amphora, you know, uh, like uh, everywhere. uh, We are in the middle of Umbria, but we are connected with the rest of the world. So we are trying the possibilities. For our experience, uh, we are happy with the wooden vats.
1: And where did you buy them from? Were they from France?
0: Yes, yes. We all our wood is from France. Yes, and I visited personally the companies. I, I have absolutely no <laughs> doubt
1: that you did that. So, just one final question about the red wine making. Obviously, if you're leaving the wines on skins for quite a long time, presumably when you press, you're not really looking to press very much.
0: No, no, no. Now, with the press wine, we don't uh, use for Sagrantino. We we make the Umbria Rosso. We we separate the the uh, press wine uh, and use for something else.
1: So if somebody tastes your wine blind and you read a you read a review of your wine or you could write a review of your wine yourself which three words would you be most happy with, most proud of? If somebody said, ah, oh, I tried the um, Scaccia Diaboli Red and it, it had this this and this, it was a lovely wine. What would you like people to say?
0: Elegant but with a big body and you really feel the potential of aging. That's why if we do a blind tasting with old vintages our wines always looks very young you know I'm not telling because it's our wine but because we did this kind of blind tasting I don't know if it's because the soil or uh, the way how we produce but after 15, 20, 30 years our wines are never died I think it's interesting when we taste when it's younger that people can recognize this uh, potential
1: okay so what about the main flavors
0: then. The main flowers are uh, pepper, black pepper. is very strong in our Sagrantino. Blueberry. Some vintages, the freshest uh, vintages. The cooler years, yeah. Yes. Uh, we can, I find a lot of, like violets, dried roses, a lot of uh, floral
1: Okay, so you make a Montefalco Sagrantino passito. What is a passito? How do you make that?
0: Yeah, so we pick the grape. We, we lay on the straw mats? Uh, mats. mats. We dry for two, three mats. According with the vintage, this year was shorter because the grapes were already kind of uh, dehydrated. Because it was
1: a dry year. Because
0: it was a dry year. Two
1: thousand and seventeen. We're talking about.
0: And uh, we ferment usually in uh, around Christmas. That's why the name Sagrantino. Sagrantino means sacrament. Uh, So because in the past we had just the sweet version was fermented in Christmas and drink in Easter. That's why sacrament Sagrantino. So,
1: like a sacred sacrificial wine?
0: Yes. So now we still ferment around December. We still say Christmas, but actually it's December. And uh, uh, we don't drink anymore in Easter of the next year. Now we drink after five years, in Easter of course, but also in other uh, occasions.
1: Okay, so do you age that one in wood?
0: Yes, for Sagrantino Passito we age in a new barrel. So it's the only one that uh, is aged in a new barrel.
1: How much wine? do you get from a bunch of grapes if you pick say 10 bunches of sagrantino for the pasito,
0: 1.8
1: okay so how much do you lose
0: we lose 75 percent
1: okay so basically if you're picking a what could be a liter of grapes in september you're actually going to get
0: if we have 100 kilo of sagrantino we have 18 liters
1: which is nothing is that your favorite wine
0: for sure i like that uh, this is really the old style the tradition so I like to think that in the past they drink more something like that. Now I'm more a dry uh, wine lover, but I mean I like to drink uh, with my friends during the holidays. It really make very too much sense for me.
1: Do you have food with pasito?
0: Yes. Now we eat chocolate or dried uh, aged cheese. In the past uh, it was very typical to eat lamb with pasito because lamb is the meat for the Easter.
1: Okay, so uh, sweet meat with sweet wine.
0: This is the tradition recipe.
1: Okay. Do you think you'll ever go back to Bordeaux? Would you like, if somebody said, look, you can't work for your family winery Mm -hmm. now, um, you have the freedom to work anywhere uh, as a winemaker in the world, where would you go? Would you do it in Bordeaux? Would you go to California? Mm -hmm.
0: This is a hard question.
1: You have to answer.
0: (laughs) I don't want to be like uh, unpolite, but uh, I prefer to stay in Italy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Where would you you go? Brunello, Montalcino. Would you go to Barolo, Alianico? Yeah, Ayanico,
0: Barolo are perfect because still a tannic uh, grape.
1: Do you like tannic grapes?
0: Yeah, I mean, if uh, I feel a uh, wine, because I grew up with Sagrantino, the, for me the average of tannic is very low. I mean, you, I need a lot of tanning to, to say that uh, wine is tannic. So, so your <laughs> your idea of
1: hell would be going to Beaujolais, you know, to for the rest of your yeah. life. Yeah. <laughs> what about the Rhone? Are you, do you like Syrah?
0: Yes, yes. Yes, I select like Syrah in uh, Cotroti Roti that uh, in the past they may they make a mix between uh, Syrah and Vionier. I tried but uh, you know this is uh, for my family and myself I tried to mix uh, Sagrantino and Grechetto, but uh, you know I can't tell to the people from the consortium because they will uh, kill me
1: <laughs> okay. so it's
0: just one for myself that I do sometimes like that
1: okay I just want to say thank you very much Liu for coming <laughs> in uh, Liu buffetti from the Scaccia Diaboli Winery in yeah. Montefalco. It's been fascinating talking to you, particularly about your experiences in Bordeaux and how that has informed your winemaking in Umbria. And I wish you every success.
0: Thank you so much. Bye to everybody. Follow Italian Wine Podcast on Facebook and Instagram.